Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. Chris Graham here with Rod Mullins. We're going to talk NASCAR uh, with the big race out in California, race number two of the 2023 season. And Kyle Busch is the winner. Uh, and um, so Kyle Busch gets the win, Rod, uh, holds off Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain down the stretch. Take us into the race and how things played out towards the end there, especially. Well, I think it was a race that uh, you could say was clearly dominated by Kyle Busch to the, from the beginning, Richard Childress racing just pretty much dominated at this track on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. And this was even in the, um, I think, you know, mindset, we don't know if we're going to get this race in or not, because on Saturday, the rain and so forth, the snow, especially I saw an update from Bob Pockris, uh, with Fox sports and he was showing, you know, snow coming down there in the infield and, and so forth. And I thought, I don't know if this race is going to, is even going to be able to be run on Sunday. And they canceled the Xfinity race. They turned around, they had the, the race, both races, as a matter of fact, on Sunday. And it was kind of the swan song for Fontana Speedway, because really nobody knows what's going to happen with that racetrack um, after this race, this season, because the plans are to go to a, you know, to a short track. But the question is, is it going to be on the NASCAR schedule next year or for the future? That remains to be seen. But, you know, getting back to this whole thing with Kyle Busch from yesterday, um, I can't say enough about Kyle Busch being able to say over and over for so long, we're capable of winning. We're not washed up on wins and stuff. This is not the end of my career. I can go and do this. And sure enough, when he made the jump over to Richard Childress racing, there were some people that probably said, you know, he's done for because Richard Childress racing has kind of been sporadic here and there with uh, Austin Dillon and also Tyler Reddick before he jumped ship over to the Toyota cars. But he ended up picking up his 61st win of his career, the most among active drivers, ninth all time. And for the 19th straight season, Bush has won at least one race, one way or another, and he ties himself with Richard Petty for the series record. Now, the only win he picked up last year was the win at Bristol when he just happened to just come across at the point that Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick uh, kind of got tangled up there on that final last lap and he was able to punch on in. And, you know, the first thing that was said on the radio, I think said to him and stuff, welcome to RCR baby first of many. And I think they've got their, their plans of what they're going to do. And, uh, if I were the other teams right now in the NASCAR garage, I would start shaking. I would start worrying about some things because Richard Childress has been, I, I don't want to say down and out for so long, but he's not been a major player in things for a while. This race yesterday established him or reestablished him as a major player in the NASCAR teams and also on the circuit. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about Hendrick Motorsports over the years with Rick Hendrick and, and all. You know, he's not been dominant, Richard Childress and his race team, pretty much since the end with Dale Earnhardt and the death there at Daytona back in 2001, Kevin Harvick won some races for him, but it's still, it's just not the same thing. He's got a legend in the seat with him. Now he's able to drive. They ended up with some sponsorship yesterday, California, uh, there for that race with, uh, Lucas oil out of Indiana. Uh, it was a big win for Lucas. Lucas has been on everybody's car at one time or another in the circuit. And I tell you the way that, uh, Kyle Bush put it, he says, you know, 
this has been just great. The guys did a great job. Everybody worked so hard in the offseason, and he couldn't thank Richard and Judy Childress enough and Austin Dillon for calling him up and telling him uh, about the opportunity they were going to have when all this came came about last year in the big signing. Also uh, setting a record or, or breaking a record, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. for wins by a brother tandem, him and his brother, right. uh, Kurt, uh, breaking the Allison's record with their 95th win combined as a brother duo. Yep. Uh, we still miss Kurt on the um, circuit with uh, he, as he recovers, continues to recover from his um, uh, concussion uh, issues from last summer. Um, Chase Elliott coming in second. Uh, mm-hmm. Elliott didn't have a good run at Daytona. So, um, you know, guy who, who dominated the series a lot last year, at least during the regular season, uh, with a nice run going around the track on Sunday. Yeah. Elliott started 31st during the race, but according to, you know, the formula based on owner points and they didn't have qualifying, didn't have practice and so forth. He ended up uh, being there for the, you know, by the race end, he ended up being one of the most competitive, fastest cars in the field. But he said, we were really proud of the team, but we didn't run good there toward the end of last year. And just everybody went to work hard and trying to get there. They've still got some work to do, though. He said it was really nice just to see that long uh, gap that they had from last year, that hard work payoff, and then have the car like they had wanting to be able to pull something off. So, you know, that's a good thing, at least for him. And he congratulated Kyle Busch over the win uh, for him to leave and then go to get the job done like that's pretty cool in his book. Uh, but you can't count out Ross Chastain. He had a good a good race as well. Led a race high 91 laps to Bush's 27. And that's the thing. Bush had only 27 laps, but they were the 27 most meaningful laps he's probably run since last year when he was running for Joe Gibbs Racing. So, you know, Chastain definitely out there. He's showing contention as well. Trackhouse uh, teammate uh, Daniel Suarez ended up in fourth followed by Kevin Harvick in his 750th career cup start. Dean Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, they had a good run uh, for the first time since Daytona. Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, and Joey Logano coming in 10th, and I'm sure that that really frustrated Joey Logano because as the points go now, Ross Chastain has taken control over the uh, Cup Series standings over Joey Logano the way things have you know, changed uh, since Daytona. Michael McDowell had the lead. Uh, there was a there was some strategy going on late in the race. Uh, I think it was around lap twenty with twenty seven to go. I should say there was a, a caution, and and some guys were deciding whether or not to stay on the track uh, or go in quick for a pit stop and and get uh, gas no tires, gas two tires, gas four tires, or just again just stay on the track. McDowell stayed on the track. It looked like uh, he w- he had the lead, and then Bush passed him like he was standing still. I mean, it, I, I remember the announcers talking about, uh, you know, he was running four or five miles per hour faster going into a turn, and then, yeah, it just it looked like McDowell wasn't even wasn't even had, didn't even have anything on the on the throttle. That's that's how much that advantage of the fresh tires did for for Bush uh, on that particular pass. Yeah, that's that's the thing right there with the pits and everything else, and that pit stop right there toward the very end. You know, they came out of there, you know, the new tires, everything that they needed, they had to make the break right there with, you know, so many laps to go. And that's when he took off. And, you know, McDowell, you know, he was a recipient there for at least a little while of it. He was kind of leading the pack there. But like you said, no new tires and everything, used up tires and so forth. Cold day, 
trying to get those heat or trying to get the heat back in those tires after you've kind of slowed down during the caution period during that point, uh, you've got to get the heat back in those tires quickly. And these tires were not coming back on Michael McDowell anytime soon. And then once Bush and them had the, uh, the fresh tires, they got out there, they got them hot. They expanded on the inside and lo and behold, we had ourselves a race to the very end. You mentioned the cold a couple of times, the TV crew, uh, showed uh, 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 images of the the not too distant mountains out there, right. uh, and you saw snow. I mean, not you know snow in the peaks, and we know that there was a an odd Southern California snowstorm this weekend. Just how much does cold weather like that affect a race like this? Uh, you know, normally no no matter what time of year you'd be racing in the Los Angeles area, it'd be nice weather. So I'm sure the teams may have been a bit unprepared for this. Yeah, I think some of them were probably a lot of them were expecting warmer Southern California weather. Um, I would even guess some of the teams probably even packed some of their clothes for Southern California weather. And then they had to come up with somebody else. Hey, we've got a big snowstorm coming in this weekend and stuff. We've got another holler coming from uh, North Carolina. Somebody's going to have to bring us some coats. We're going to have to have some stuff here. Uh, I'm sure that that made a difference too. try to stay warm in the pits. That's going to be another thing, too. While you're there in the pits, you've got to be able to have those hands. you got gloves on normally and everything, but depending on the wind and depending on that Southern California wind, it can be biting at times, too. So there you are trying to stay warm. Then you've got the car out there, and the car is – I wouldn't say the car is at a disadvantage, so to speak. Um, it goes out there, and it runs well, but – the tires have everything to do with it. And that cold surface, even though they may hold a little bit of temperature in it and stuff, it can wear on the tires after a while. And the tires can be really good. They can start out good. And then once they get hot, they expand. You know, you start to get that little bit of traction in there and so forth. You know, we had the sun popping in and out at different times during this race. Also, you had it mostly cloudy, though, which you know kind of kept those tires still having to keep them hot to kind of keep them going around the track. Um, yeah, I think a lot of them were probably uh, a little unprepared this past weekend at Fontana with the way the weather was. But, uh, you know, some of them adapted really well. It's obvious by looking at uh, Richard Childress's team, they adapted really well considering the weather conditions out there, and they they did a number on the field. We're two races in, so there's, you know, just a couple races uh, under the belt here. Any trends emerging Early in the season, not a lot of sample size here, but do you see anything that makes you think that, uh, you know, we should be looking for? Well, I think right now at this point, we really won't know of a definite kind of trend until we get to Las Vegas and even past Las Vegas. Uh, right now, we're only two races into this whole thing, and we've seen two different winners, okay? So at this point, I'm kind of looking at, all right, Who's going to finally get into the win column here uh, after such a long time of not having a win? Um, you got Noah Gragson. He's going to Las Vegas next weekend. Uh, you know, that's a that's a favorite for the Bush boys, too, because that's the track they were raised upon out there in the bull ring. And so you kind of got to look at Kyle. Kyle will probably run well and out in the desert. And so we will Noah Gragson. But uh, you kind of have to wonder about the rest of them. Chastain, for example, uh, Chastain had a good performance this time around. He didn't do so bad during the Daytona 500, and he's sitting atop the points right now. That's a good sign for track house racing. That just makes the legitimacy of their racing program a whole lot better, I think, uh, now that they have uh, 
kind of shook this thing off. There's no sophomore slump with this, or at least that's the way it looks two races in. Chastain there, Daniel Suarez, I think both of them, as a matter of fact, are in the top five, so to speak. So, um, you know, with those two guys there in the front, um, we've got a thing right now pointing toward the smaller teams, you know, the smaller crews, the, um, the race teams trying to at least establish their foothold. And if they can establish that foothold early on and stay consistent throughout the season, you might see a track house racing at the end of the season, win uh, a championship out of this, but a lot of things have to go their way. How many more races have we got to go 34 or something like that is what we've got to go. And momentum is going to really play uh, a vital part in this. We we have yet to even see what what's going to happen at the Food City 500 or the Food City Dirt Race is what I'm trying to say. We're going to have yet to see that one. Also, they're going to be returning to Circuit of the Americas for another race, another road course race. Uh, so early on this year, uh, there's going to be a lot of tracks that's going to tell the tale of whether or not this upstart track house racing is going to be able to hold on or is somebody else more established like a Kyle Bush being led or being pushed in there by Richard Childress racing going to get back to the top. So we're still kind of early, but we're starting to see some signs of it. You mentioned Vegas. That's the race this weekend as uh, the NASCAR circuit uh, continues as West coast uh, swing uh, this weekend's Vegas next weekend is Phoenix. What can we look for this weekend in Vegas? What about that track and and you know the it's it's specific uh, ways of racing and and maybe who does well there traditionally? Well, one point five mile, you know, uh, kind of like a uh, trioval sort of so to speak, a dog leg there, sort of like a I call it a cookie cutter track, sort of like a Charlotte, sort of like you know some of the other Speedway Motorsports properties. But in this case, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, Kyle Busch is probably going to be one factor in this. But I, you know, I can't really count out somebody like a uh, like a uh, Ty Gibbs in this. Ty Gibbs uh, getting some coaching in there, probably from Kurt Busch. That's another one of you know the Bush brothers' favorite tracks. They love Las Vegas. He could coach Gibbs to maybe his first win on the season with this if Joe Gibbs Racing is starting to rebound back. And I mean, we've seen good performances from Christopher Bell. Decent performances from Denny Hamlin. Of course, you know, he finished within the top 10 this time around, but, uh, you know, we're still kind of waiting. Martin Truex thought he was going to come up with something uh, last time at Daytona, didn't materialize for him. And so now, you know, he's not in the top 10 this time around. And so that kind of hurt that chance at that team being able to kind of rebound, I think. And, you know, you mentioned, or I mentioned Christopher Bell right here, you know, multi-car accident on lap 86 eliminated him he was the pole setter for that race and it also took out a number of other teams as well so christopher bell's going to be looking for a at least a performance um you know kind of an uptick this weekend when he gets to las vegas because he loves those small little tracks he loves a dirt track he also loves you know, racing on those, uh, those small little raceways and stuff where there's a lot of door banging, a lot of fender banging and things like that. But, you know, um, Vegas is just one of those unique sort of tracks in the country and stuff. that's on the NASCAR circuit that a lot of people kind of say, well, why do I have to go? And why do I have to wait at three 30 or four o'clock in the afternoon to watch this race? Well, it's too early out there. One thing, if you tried to run this thing, it's starting at 12 or one o'clock like you do on some of the races back east but um i think it's got a i think it's just got a unique 
uh, thing about that track. It's just, it's just special all the way around. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to drop a note and tell you too, um, you know, guess who was the uh, grand marshal of the race this past weekend uh, out in California? I didn't pay attention. Who was it? Michael Rooker. Rowdy Burns from Days of Thunder. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I was kind of surprised. Of course, he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy too, but somebody asked him a question. And who knows? Tom Cruise has already had such success with uh, Top Gun Maverick. Is it in the cards that he might come back and he might be able to dream up a new days of thunder movie or at least a sequel to it michael rooker says if he's in he's in too he would be in for another days of thunder movie so we'll have to wait and see what uh rooker and also what tom cruise have in store that would be interesting to say the least you know the 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 first one uh, so long ago uh, was that was uh you know before nascar was where it is now in the national mm-hmm. consciousness so it'd be you know, fascinating to see what kind of storyline they can come up with. NASCAR's changed so much since the first day of the Thunder movie uh, that, uh, yeah, yeah, putting the script together would be fun and, and seeing that would, would be interesting, no doubt. Well, you know, there's no doubt we're not going to get Burt Reynolds back for a sequel for Stroke or Ace because we can forget <laughs> about that one. Not going to yeah. happen. And somebody had put up on one of the NASCAR uh, forums the other night a picture of the Clyde Torkel chicken pit car. And I'm like, I just don't want to see this again. So both of those stars, Ned Beatty and, and Burt Reynolds, Jim Neighbors is out of it too. We won't see any of those people again. And I think Stroker Ace is kind of pushed off to the side. But now Days of Thunder, yeah, it would be interesting to see this one again and at least told from a different standpoint uh, this time around. If, you know, he's a car owner, I'd like mm-hmm. to see if, you know, he makes it into the thing of the car owner. Uh, jointly, matter of fact, with Rowdy Burns, it could be it could be very interesting. And the young drivers, they're having to coach and they're having to, you know, teach how to drive. And these guys have already learned how to drive a certain way, and they're trying to teach them the old way how to drive. And that would be an interesting that'd be an interesting movie. I think it'd be a uh, one of those things that kind of reminds you of your usefulness. Uh, if you're that kind of a race car driver, car owner. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of this thing that's going on with Richard Petty right now and Jimmy Johnson and the legacy motor club, uh, team and stuff about, uh, being scooted out a little bit more and so forth. How does that pan out? How would that be in a movie? I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. And Tom Cruise has obviously had success with the, um, the Top Gun redo, uh, mm-hmm. and holding off on releasing that, uh, until the pandemic was over. So fans, so fans could go to the theater for that. Yeah. Hey, you know. Yep. It's all about making money too. So um, yes, it is. So that there you go. Well, uh, Phoenix is this week. Or excuse me, Las Vegas is this weekend. Phoenix is next weekend. I was already thinking ahead to Phoenix, uh, but uh, you look to AFP, especially on Facebook. And Rod Mullins will have it all covered. And we'll talk again next week. Well, Rod, thanks as always for helping break down NASCAR for us. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.